Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Kim will go to first. The San Diego Padres get their first no-hitter in the history of the franchise. Caught by Fernando. You cannot do it any better than that. We're back. Ring the bell. Pods talk. Nick Schreider here, as always, joined by the three-time All-Star Heath Bell. Just closed out the second homestand of the season. Lost two out of three to the Cubs in heartbreaking fashion. Um, Luke Voigt came back. So did Will Myers. I think they looked fairly decent in their return. Luke Voigt had two home runs in the the series finale, but wasn't good enough. So they decide that they need to bring in another DH. From the left side, veteran Robinson Cano. Keith, what are your thoughts here? Um, so here's the thing. So the homestand, you know, it was a successful homestand, but uh, we lost a series. So I'm not going to say it's that successful. I mean, um, it's one of those things, you know, I know you can't win every game, but I mean, gosh, the Cubs, we should have, we should have at least took two out of three there. Oh, yeah. Um, Luke looked back. He looked really good. It was good to see him back and swinging the bat. Um, it he was swings for the fences every time. Yeah, and that's that's not a good thing. But um, it's uh, Will Myers was back. It was good to see. But here's the thing. I mean, besides Machado and besides uh, Hosmer, Hosmer, who's hitting 200? Nobody. Well, Corona no, I mean, there's Kim hitting 200 a little bit. Here's the thing. The Cubs series, this is what I took away from the Cubs series. And I'll get back to your question. Cubs series, um, Trent Grissom in center field. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So many he balls went over his head that it literally looked like he didn't know where the outfield fence was. And he didn't even try for him. I felt like he could have caught them or at least tried to jump up and catch them um, on TV. And if yeah. I was pitching and I've seen some guys do that, and it's like, do you not know where you are? I mean, you just anyway, it just it it just seemed like they were not playing defense the way they should be. And um yeah, it was frustrating. Let, he he was content playing playing the wall, basically. Yeah. And but he any but, but balls would still get over his head and he turned around and it basically hit the wall and got behind him, past yeah. him. Ridiculous. Like that's not that's triple A stuff, double A stuff, really. It's not the big league stuff. Anyway, so to answer your question, uh, Robinson Cano, I thought it would be a good pickup, but it's just once again, what what is our what's our front office doing? I mean, are we just trying to grab everybody that we could possibly get, or are we actually trying to build a family and nucleus 
I mean, yeah, okay, Will Myers, Luke Voigt, they've been hurt. So let's go get somebody else. I, I don't understand that. There's a reason why the Mets got rid of them. Um, uh, and the Mets are doing really well. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not a team guy. Maybe he's not this. Maybe he's not that. I don't know. Um, but I would like to say on the on a personal note, Bob Melvin, it looks like he's coming back and he's um, his his uh, uh, surgery was was good. Yeah. Yeah. So that That was was scary for a second. You don't ever want to see that. I mean, health and family before baseball, of course. But yeah. And then for us, I mean, the the best offseason thing uh, pickup we got was Bob Melvin. And then, you know, the first month of the season, we lose them to health reasons. You know that you never want to see anybody lose from that but it's great to see him back or he's coming back and he's it's going to be great to see him back but i don't know i mean do do we have do we have a um um hole in the lineup you know so we need somebody else i mean who are we going to get rid of that's the thing yeah i think there's pros and cons of course i mean the big con being him being older, you know, 39 years old later in his career. And there's not really many places for him to play besides DH. I mean, Cronenworth is our everyday second baseman and he hasn't really played any other positions in his career. He's played, I think first base four or maybe like 16 or sorry. I don't know. On the Padres, everybody can play first base. Yeah, exactly. But he's signing on the league minimum, right? So it's not going to cost us a lot of money. So if he doesn't cost us anything, yeah, if he doesn't perform, then we can just cut him, Right. And he's a left-handed power bat. Voigt's the right-handed guy, so maybe he's the guy that you spell in a in a platoon when we face a, when we face righties, you know, to get some middle of the order pop. And he's got a really great relationship with Tatis. Okay. I mean, you think Conworth doesn't have a good relationship with Tatis, or it's just because they both speak Spanish? Well, I mean, they go back from the Dominican. I mean, I, they're apparently like buds. I don't know. I don't know how much okay, that they're means buds. To the locker room. So Tatis is what 22 and we're talking about a 37 year old and they have a great relationship. Hmm. Great buds. Okay. That's like saying I'm really good buds with a 60 year old, like me and Greg Maddox were great buds. I would say we were friends and, you know, teammates and great guys, but wouldn't say we were buds because there's an age gap there. You know, I just, I think we're saying that because they're both um, Dominican they both speak Spanish and that's about it. But do we need, does Tatis need a mentor? I thought Machado was that, you know, yeah. I mean, think about it. Machado stuck his neck out and so did Eric Hosmer to have him on the team when he was a rookie and kind of show everybody what he can do. So why do we need his best bud to tell him not to do things in the off season to not get hurt? I mean, I don't get that part. So um, I what, think that's just uh, what do you hogwash. Think? What do you think the biggest risk is here? Because like you just said, there's not many people on our lineup who are hitting over 200 besides Cronenworth, Hosmer. But here's the thing. So, so if, if he doesn't hit over 200, then what the heck are we doing? Because who are we going to get? I mean, void It was great to see Luke come back and, and um, hit two home runs in a game. Um, But who, I mean, I just look at the lineup right now. I mean, Kim's hitting easy 200 voids hitting 180 Grissom. 180 finally out of the leadoff spot. I like that. Profar, he wins us some games from time to time, but he's 180. You know, and he had two hits last night. You know, Coneworth is 220. Um, Will Myers, it's great to see him back. You know, unfortunately, went 0 for 5, the Golden Sombrero. Um, 
he's hitting 200 now. So, and our catchers are hitting right around 200. So it, it's just, what's, we need somebody with hit the ball, but here's the thing. If we're going to have Eric Cosmer, sometimes his DH, or are we just going to flip off Volt and Cano as DH? I mean, who's, who's the DH now? I mean, I mean, are we going to, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. Like I, I think they're just grabbing whoever and hopefully it picks, or maybe we need to work on our coaches and tell our coaches, Hey, we need to work on something or our players aren't listening to coaches. I mean, I'm not in the locker room right now. There's sometimes that does happen um, where players, you know, like Rick Ankiel was one of those guys sometimes wouldn't listen to his hitting coach because his dad was his hitting coach and whatnot. And, but then again, I've been in the locker room with the Padres where the hitting coach was really bad and none of the players liked the hitting coach, his theory, you know, mm-hmm. of hitting, it just didn't make sense. And, and if, if the coaches are taking it personally and not like the first base coach, you know, is helping the hitters and the hitting coach, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things that um, not everybody's on the same page because everybody's there individually and we're not a family. We're not a unit. I don't know what's happening right now, but we're lying in the weeds right now. We're doing pretty well, but if you, you know, our run differential for our standings, even though we're in second place right now, you know, we're plus eight where the Dodgers are 78, you know, yeah. plus 78 and the giants are plus 40. So this is, this is a little concerning. And even though, I'm enjoying watching the Padres. I think they're doing well. I think the chemistry's there somewhat. But now we're bringing somebody else in because he's good friends with Tatis Jr. that's not even on the team right now. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is just this is a really big Preller signing. I think this is just a typical Preller didn't, signing where it's, he's going out and trying to grab the biggest name possible that's out there to see if, you know, didn't we're Preller go out and get a lot of Latin guys in Texas? And then now they're on the Padres. Profar, Nomar Mazzara. And, I, and here's the thing. I got nothing against Latin guys. I think they're unbelievable players, but the Mets tried this years ago. Omar and I went out and got a bunch of Latin guys, got rid of a lot of like players like me and other guys. And it didn't work. It didn't work. You have to find a team. You have to find a family that sticks together. And you put Latin guys, you put Asian guys, you put American guys, whichever, but you got to find it what works and you just can't load them up and say, Oh, these guys are a bunch of good players. So I'll put them together. Well, there's a reason why they don't win every year. There's a reason why, you know, cybermetrics and all that number BS doesn't work. It doesn't work mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll see good if this movie, one works though. out. Good movie, Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball is great. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill crush it. Yeah, we'll see if this move works out. I mean, I, I'm interested to see Cano in a Padres uniform. I mean, unfortunately, his his uh, legacy is tarnished by the PED scandals. I mean, he was for sure a Hall of Famer until he got caught once. Now he got caught twice. He's for sure not going to the Hall of Fame now, unfortunately. But that's on him. But yeah, we'll see if we can uh, help him get, get a ring here in San Diego. We did send down TJ Abrams, something that we've been talking about for a while. Yeah. And he hits two home runs in his first game in AAA. So it's good to see his confidence is not tarnished. Well, see, the thing with CJ Abram, I think you mark my words at the end of the year, if the Padres are smart, they're going to stick him in the outfield and let him develop into a left fielder or a center fielder, whichever one. Um, Because I think those are the best two suited for him. And 
let him hit, let him play every day, let him get rhythm, let, let him do this. And we'll see him towards the end of the season. And I think he's going to help us out. I really do. But he just, he's a little young. And unfortunately we didn't play him right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I really think that's what kind of did him in, in like in the Arizona series. He didn't play a lot, played a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, you're, you're kind of a hot bat. Hey, you're making the team. I always thought this was really weird when some coaches did this. Somebody got called up. Okay, we're not going to play you. We're just going to let you ease into the big leagues. Um, what other sport does that? Nothing. They bring them up. Let's see what the kids got right away. That's right. And that's, I think, the best philosophy for anybody. So um, one thing I will want to say about Cano, um, and this could be for another episode, but explain to me why and um, when a Latin player gets caught for steroids, or PEDs or whatever it is once or twice, we always give them chances because, you know, three times you're out, but an American player does it. Oh my gosh, it's over one time. We can't talk about it no more because he's no good. We can't sign him back. He can, he's, he's no good for the game. I'm asking you that. And I'm asking the fans, please I tell mean, me that. I mean, I, we've seen like Ryan Braun, he got caught and I mean, he stuck with the organization and they, they kept him there. And everybody shunned him, and that's it. Nobody yeah. talks about him. I mean, uh, was it Brett Favre? Not Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers, like, oh, I'm not gonna. He's not my friend anymore. Yeah, but Tatis Junior. Apparently, is still good friends. So I'm gonna keep I mean, saying that the whole episode because <clears throat> I think it's stupid. I think it, it, a lot of it in those cultures. I mean, I, th- I feel like it, it was maybe more players did it back then. So you know, maybe no, Tatis but like was- now. Guys have done it. I mean, um, Bartolo Colon. I can never say his name correctly. Bartolo. Yeah, Bartolo. But he got caught twice, and we still give him jobs. Yeah. You know, it, it's just I don't I don't get it. You know, Nelson Cruz, uh, other guys. You know, and but like, let's just take Barry Bonds. Never got caught. Yeah. That he did a cream, and it was oh my gosh, it's over or. Mm. Mark McGuire, same same thing. Oh my gosh, Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit, uh, uh, you know, just. I mean, those it, guys were also like the best, though. Barry Bond was the greatest, so like it's easy for people to point fingers and be like, "Well, you know, you're not really the greatest because you cheated." But he was the greatest before he even went. Right. Went no, I agree. I agree. I mean, he and I think he sure just jumped on, and everybody was doing it. Right. So I want to be on the same playing field, kind of like when Nolan Ryan. He was the first one that really had a strength program for pitchers back in the eighties with Tom house and throwing a football during warmups, this and that. And then other pitchers started doing it. Like, dude, it's, he's doing it. What I got to do this of players in the late nineties, early two thousands. think we're doing it. My percentage. What percentage of players do you think were, were doing it? Uh, 70, 75. Wow. I mean, I, pl- I actually was in the game when, I was in the big leagues and the minor leagues and I saw actually people do it. You know, I actually, um, I actually never did it myself. I got really close. One little quick story. I was playing in Venezuela, Caracas, actually. And I had some, but one of my coaches said, go down there, talk to the trainer, you know, listen to him. You'll come back being really good. Had no idea what he meant because <laughs> I'm kind of ignorant. Then I go down there and all the guys in the bullpen are, you know, shooting themselves. And, um, well, the trainers were, 
the Latin trainer was not the American trainer. And then, so I was down there and I was bummed out and I'm like, dude. So I went to the American trainer and I said, Hey, what do I do? And he's like, you take Winstraw, but I don't do what our Latin guy does over here. And I said, okay, well, I talked to him. He goes, I don't have any more. When we, when we get off this road trip, I'll have some more and I'll give you a cycle or two. And I said, okay, well, we go on a five day road trip or whatever. And, you know, in Venezuela, there's, um, there's not phones everywhere and cell phones were not what they were nowadays. They're right. not little computers, you know, Blackberries. If anybody knows what a Blackberry is, yep. that was really the computer. And I didn't have a Blackberry. I had a flip phone or a razor as we called it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually in the, the good old the razor. Museum. But anyway. Um, so then I got off my road trip and I got to my hotel room and there was a message and it was my daughter, my wife saying our daughter that has down syndrome. She was about a year old. She's having infantile spasms, seizures come home now. And by the way, my father died. So my father-in-law passed away. My wife is trying to get a hold of me for two days. Couldn't get a hold of me. And my daughter's having seizures. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. I'm like, I got to get out of here. So it took me two days to get out of Venezuela just because, you know, there's not like flights right away. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of said it, that was an omen, like my daughter or the Lord didn't want me to do it. Right. Took me four more years to get to the big leagues, but I still got there. But then, you know, the whole Mitch report came out and then a couple of years, what, two, two, three years in the big leagues, all of a sudden you, you, um, they started testing for steroids and, mm-hmm. you know, all the PDs and stuff. So it was one of those things that, um, I'm happy that I never did it. I probably could have been in the big leagues longer or made money quicker or maybe did well with the Mets. I don't know. Yeah. But I can say I did everything all natural, but I was really close and I could see how people get desperate. I mean, I was trying, I had three kids. I was trying to uh, feed for my defend for my family and try to feed, you know, feed them. And I was barely seeing them because I would go play winter ball for three months, come home for a month, go for the spring training, then the season for five months and in in the minor leagues and then come home for a month and go play winter ball for five, you know, three months. And then it was just a cycle for me just to, you know, cause I would make like 10,000 for the five months of uh, professional, you know, in the minor leagues. And then I would go overseas and make 10,000 in three months or right. no, I was making 10,000 each month. So I was making almost 30,000 in three months playing overseas, but I don't get to see my family. So, you know, I could see how people get caught up in doing it and, and, and they try to get that edge and, you know, and I, I don't blame them, but it, I always think it's funny how we always say Latin players, we understand why, but American players, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand. Like we we're hold to higher standards, you know, Was, because we go to college and we go to high school where over there, they don't have to, all they have to do is just play baseball every day. Was there any guys that you noticed that, maybe were on the tail end of their career or like had a, had a decline in their career and then they took it and then they started to perform a lot better. Um, yeah, I won't say names, but mm-hmm. it was early in my career. I knew some guys were doing it and that's the 37, 38 year olds that were still like kind of the cream of their crop or, and then if you just look at certain guys and I, I'm not going to name names just because I don't think it's right. But, um, you know, what was it? Oh, four, oh, five. They came out and said, well, look, we're going to test. And if there's a problem, 
you won't be in trouble this year, but next year you will. A lot of guys had career years that the 0405. Yeah. And then when you got in trouble for it, like in 06, I think it was, they they fell off. Mm-hmm. You so know, you can just do your research on who those guys are if you want at home and uh yeah, and see what the, the stats look like. Well, like you know, I I don't know about this player, but um you you know in what was it? It was uh 2010 with San Diego. We Brian Lion Ludwig in. Yep. And we brought in Tejada. um Tahada at shortstop. And Tahada was an unbelievable player that kind of fell off. And so if you know what I'm kind of hinting to, but mm-hmm. great guy. I'm you know, unbelievable guy, I will say that. But and I wasn't around those times, so I can't really say it. But you know, just look at his numbers. You can speculate, but that's just you know, it's hearsay. But here's the thing: is I'm bringing those two guys up because Robinson Cano right now. We were a team where we had like Scott Jerry Harrison and Scott Harrison and and Chase Headley and and guys that were not the best players, but. They, you know, I would get two, he, somebody would get two hits and then he wouldn't get a hit. And then some Jerry would play for him. And then all of a sudden, um, then Jerry would start over Scott or, you know, chase or, you know, who was, and we were like a lot of platoon guys, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then when we made those two trades, Ryan Ludwig played all the time in the outfield. Well, the two outfielders that were kind of platooning did not play anymore. And same thing happened with our infield and all of a sudden we lost 10 in a row and the giants caught us and ended up winning the world series that year. But, um, is this what's going to happen to the Padres right now? Cano's going to come over. He's going to get his bats, but now, you know, Luke's probably not going to get his bats or Robinson Cano is, is going to play DH and then possibly play second. So then is Coneworth going to first base and, Hosmer going to be at first or which one is going to be um, the DH Mm -hmm. where's Kim going to go. What's this, you know, it's just here, there. And then now we have less of bats for certain guys. And, you know, I just, I just don't like it. As long as they define the role early on, I I think just coming on the league minimum, I think he probably knows that he's not going to be an everyday player. He's going to come off the bench or he's going to play, you know, every, three games every four games like kind of similar to what matt beatty's been doing for us except not on the outfield beatty's gonna be another guy he's gonna get less playing time and then here's the other part this is the sucks okay and i agree but here's the one thing i don't this is the one problem that i have with well i guess i have problem multiple problems but remember (laughs) i've been saying all season define roles we need to define roles we haven't defined the bullpen yet that's why i think the bullpen is slumping. I think yeah. the bullpen has a potential of being really good with the Padres, but I think we haven't defined roles. So therefore they're just out there. They don't know. We really haven't defined our roles maybe because Bob was hurt, you know, it was unhealthy, but, and then our, our defense is kind of the same way. Maybe that's why we're not hitting you. We don't, who's our starters and who's our bench guys, right? It's okay to have two guys as a platoon. It's okay to have like say Kim and, CJ as our platoon shortstops and whoever's hot is going to play. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But not to like, well, okay, well, CJ, you're going to play short and but now you're going to be DH or now you're going to play left field. And well, wh- where is he? Like we usually have one guy on the bench that is a multiple one or two guys that 
really usually it's one all. Yeah. that can pretty much do everything. But now we have, it's like, we have nine first basements and we got 30 outfielders and we got 10 infielders and we only have 14 guys on the team. You know, it's like everybody plays everywhere except for Machado and Eric Hosmer. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes through our discussion from last week. It's just kind of how guys are these days, like in the league, like there's guys like Kike Hernandez and Chris Taylor and, you know, the Ben Zobris types that can like the super utility that can play at all that just spell people whenever they need days off. So, but that's, that's good, but that's kind of what our team is constructed of right now. But look at the Dodgers and you, you bring up the Dodgers, right. Or you being a Brent, Ben Zobris, they had four nucleus guys at their position. And then you saw Ben give guys days off, but he right. was always playing. Same thing with the Dodgers. You see guys, their core guys. You don't see like, I mean, I guarantee our players over the Dodgers, we play more positions per player, per game or per season or whatever I'm saying is than the Dodgers do. You have three guys on the Dodgers that give other people breaks and can play multiple positions. We have like the whole team. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And our players are, not to that caliber. Does that make sense? Like CJ and I bring up CJ cause I think he's a great talent, but you know, he's not, he's, he hasn't defined himself. He's not the guy yet. Right. He needs time, you know, so he needs time on his position and then you move him around cause he's such a great athlete or you're like, okay, CJ, you're going to be our shortstop. And then Tatis comes back and then you're such a great athlete and stuff. We're going to stick you in the outfield. And then he's in the outfield for the next three years. Right. But then, you know, for some reason, Tatis gets hurt or we trade him or some stupid things happens. And then we put him back at short and it's great mm -hmm. because that's his natural position. I get that, but we're not doing that. It's almost like it, it almost feels like to me and tell me if I'm wrong, we're trying to put the best lineup to face the starting pitcher and then we'll put him, we'll just find a position for him. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds about right. That sounds like what the Padres have done their entire organization under this management. I mean, yeah. Not management, under this management Melvin, that I under don't like. AJ Preller. Yeah. We'll, we'll see though. I mean, this is just, it's so early in the season, you know, our record shows that we're a good team, but honestly, the, the, uh, the numbers don't really translate. You said we're plus eight in the run differential. So we just got to hold on a little bit longer until Tatis gets back. I know one player isn't going to change everything, but we do have Pomerantz coming back as well. Luis Castillo's coming back. There's guys, Adrian Morajone, Michelle Baez. I mean, that's bullpen support right there. So they just got to hold on a little bit longer to see if we can continue to, to win games. Because but then we're, we're not but we got to define roles. That's the biggest thing. Right. Right. To find rules, but let, let me put it this way and let me change it up. I know we're talking about the Padres right now, but the angels, I've been hearing a lot about the angels. You know, they finally got some pitching. Is this the first year we kind of see uh trout in the playoffs? Can they hold it? I know it's early. I hope they can. It's good for baseball when the best player is playing and contending. Yeah. I, I, I think it's great, but let's take it to the Padres. Are we just doing just good enough to be there? Or are we a good team that is just, you know, we're, we're trailing the Dodgers because the Dodgers are like so good. And all we got to do is just, you know, hopefully they slip up or get hurt. And I'm supporting my kids high school team, by the way. Go Eagles. That's a great <laughs> logo. I know. I love this hat. I had the G 
back in uh, high school. It was just the old Green Bay. Oh, Packers I got the G, team. but I stole this from my kid. He had. No, two. that's a good one though. I, I wish we had that one. Nope, none of the parents have this except for me. So nice, kind of cool. <laughs> I love it. No, the Angels are a lot of fun though. I mean, with Otani and Trout, who could honestly be number one and two in the MVP standings at the end of the year, with Syndergaard playing well. You know, Rendon is there. He hit a home run left-handed the other day. That was awesome. Uh, they just throw a hitter great. the other day. That was, that was, that's what baseball's all about right there. Position fun, player. Man. Okay, let me get up left-handed because you're having fun. Who is the best position player that you've ever seen pitch? Oh, you know, Adrian Gonzalez had nasty stuff, but he never pitched. But he always wanted to, but they never would let they him. They wouldn't let him, yeah. No, um... Oh my goodness. I don't know because I didn't, I was part of some really good bullpens that uh, we never really had to do that. Right. You know, and I think it happens more often than none right now. I I will say this in the minor leagues once I can't remember their names. It was in double a, we were getting our butts kicked. And so they our backup catcher. Uh, went into pitch because I mean, throwing down to second, he threw 94, 95 miles an hour. Through he pitched, he ended up giving up like four runs, maybe one out, right? And it was like a fly ball or something like that. And the coach walks out there, talks to him. The cat, you know, as the catcher walks out too, right? Literally, the gear comes off and the pitcher puts the gear on. And they switch, and the starting catcher ends up pitching. Oh my gosh! Never seen that in baseball. That Never even ridiculous. heard of that. They didn't switch gloves or anything, and it was just like, here, here's my glove, here's my catching glove, or here's my pitching glove. And none of none of those guys made it, but it was like, this is just pathetic. This is little league, but anyway, that's, that's so, what we're that thinking. Is, that is world. honestly so funny. It's funny to see those little things. Looking back, it's hilarious. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. I mean, the Rendon thing is hilarious too. They just hit a home run left hand. It's only a bat he's ever taken left-handed. He's got a 5,000 uh, OPS right now hitting left-handed. Yeah. I would never hit left-handed again. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> he shouldn't. But, but that's the thing. Why don't we, you know, the game's out of whack, right? Right. And we're doing stuff like that. So let's, and this is why I like Joe Madden. He allowed that to happen. I don't think some managers be like, no, you're going to get hurt or management teams put some position players or put some pitchers out there to swing the bat. I'm, you know, I'm thinking that honestly, because we have the DH now, so pitchers don't hit, but when are we going to see pitchers have the ability to hit? The only thing I would say though, is like, they're susceptible to injury if they no. So is Randoran swinging left-handed. Yeah. Okay, but okay, so you're telling me a okay, position like, player is not but, prone to get hurt? No, he as is. Much as a position, he is. A but like Rendon takes at bats every day, and if he gets hit by a pitch, he probably brushes it off. Opposed to a pitcher who doesn't take at bats every pitcher day. Pitcher is literally throwing 60, 70 miles an hour. I'm just saying, if it's a, a position player, there, what what position player throws nine miles okay, an hour? You're, but you're telling me though, if a pitcher goes out there, takes that bat, and gets hit on the wrist, the manager is going to catch so much flack for that. The manager would get so much flack if Rendon would have hurt himself. Yeah, but does he have more chance of getting hurt hitting it left-handed than right-handed? Well, I think he does. Because he has throw an arm there. But, you know, here's the thing. you got a p- position player just lobbing it up. Now we're just playing baseball as a kid. You're just yeah. having fun. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's my whole thing. It's almost like I said a couple episodes ago, the team just gave up. 
Yeah. They're giving up. So if they're giving up, why don't we go out and just have some fun? Right. You know, like let's play all like we're 10 years old again and we're just playing yeah. instead of being real serious. So that's, well, that's kind of, they were also trying to preserve a no hitter too. So I know, but it's just, you know, it's one of those things. Yep. Anyway. Well, we got a nice road trip coming up. A lot of tough opponents. We'll see if the, yeah, so, okay. Let me ask you wins. this. I told you last time we have Atlanta for three, then we got Philly for three and then we got San Francisco. So out of those nine games, what do we have to do for this road trip to be successful? Um, I think we got to win f- at least five, go five and four, at least at the very least, hopefully go six or seven. No, we need to win every series. Yes. So we need to have six wins. And that would, that would say we're a really good team if we win six wins on this road trip. If we win seven and win every series, then we're a playoff contention team. You mm-hmm. heard it from me here, and I'll put money on it, that if we win seven on this road trip, we're a playoff team, and I'll take anybody's bet. If you want to go put money on bet. it, go to betonline.ag, who we're sponsored by. Okay. And and uh, use the promo code believe B L E A V and get a free welcome bonus. That's our sponsor for this episode, folks. Yeah, and I wasn't even plugging because I didn't even know that. Well, that's that's <laughs> called a good segue right there. <laughs> but yeah, but think about it. We have Atlanta that you know Atlanta's the world champions from last year, struggling a little bit. Um, we got Philly that's kind of hot right now, and then we got San Francisco that's kind of lying in the weeds. They've won a couple games in a row, so they're kind of doing better than they have been, you know, the past, like, you know, last week they had a good week, but the previous week before that, they just kind of got shalashed and didn't have a good Mm -hmm. week. So they're kind of like a 500 team right now. So I think we're definitely should be, be able to beat them, especially they're in our division. Right. Um, So Atlanta is definitely, you know, Philly's I think going to be the tough road, but um, God, we gotta, we gotta win every series if we're going to be a good team. And if to be a playoff team, we got to win seven games. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And one thing really quick, if we win seven games, we fans, if you can put on our Twitter handle or whatever, find out what we can do. Um, if we win seven games and we don't go to the playoffs, then you guys can see me do something funny or whatever. Hopefully it's not shave my beard because my daughter will be mad. <laughs> um, but it's something else. And then um, yeah, throw you know, a live BP do. to somebody. Well, I'll throw a live BP to anybody. <laughs> We should have we should have a contest at the end for fans I'm towards sorry, right before playoffs and and we'll um, I'll find a field in San Diego or something and we'll have a bunch of people come and take batting practice off me. Hopefully, you don't plunk anybody. I only hit people that I that I choose to hit. <laughs> okay, Heath Bell, thank you for joining me yet again for another great episode of Ring the Bell. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at HeathBell21, at Nick underscore Kreider. Make sure to check out the Cherry Stripe, the sister podcast of this show. And as always, go Pods. Go Padres. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. At Amica Insurance, 
we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.